Today, we're diving into part two of this three-part mini-series to help you develop your superpowers in work-from-home self-organization. I want to share some simple routines that will help you eliminate day-to-day stress. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Come join me. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Welcome back, everyone. We're continuing our three-part mini-series to help you develop your superpowers in work-from-home self-organization. And in the previous episode, part one, we looked at ways in which your home life and working from home can wreck your creativity and your productivity. We explored the major sources of distraction and how to eliminate them. How did you get on with decluttering your distractions? Today in part two, I'm going to take you through a whole list of practical ways you can create a greater sense of control and set some boundaries around your home life and your routines. Some of these may seem obvious, but are we actually sticking to them or enforcing them? Then in part three, coming up next, we'll look towards more de-stressing your actual business. If you keep putting important but non-urgent things on the back burner until a time you get some clear space in your day or your week, you're probably going to need to tune into all three parts because taken together, even if you don't manage to implement all 21 things that I'm going to be sharing with you, at least you'll start to understand which ones apply to you and which ones you can make improvements in. Altogether, you'll be getting 21 ways to organize your work from home business for more fun, flow and freedom. And a reminder that at the end, I'll be sharing a great checklist where I've put those all together into a list for you. So you can hold yourself accountable and maybe each week you could say, well, how did it get on with each of those things? It's all about setting rules and boundaries and having the discipline a little bit to move into them, to stick to them, to adjust them. And it's such a huge game changer when you make these little steps, these little improvements over time. So let's get going. Starting with perhaps the obvious question, why does disorder make us so stressed? Or put another way, why does order reduce stress? If we're able to bring some order to what makes us ineffective or anxious, we can start to feel more in control of all the things we juggle which makes us feel more confident in our business decisions and more energised in our day-to-day activities. I find it helps a lot to know exactly what has to happen on any particular day. I don't know about you, but it makes me feel excited to wake up and get to work when we're clear on the plan. And we're way less distracted when we're immersed in what we're doing and in a state of flow. We feel in control because we acknowledged the breakdowns we were having with our lack of routines. We feel accomplished because simple changes were easy to make and we'll see immediate results. No more spinning our wheels. Simple routines to the rescue. 
I understand that you might feel a little sceptical, but rest assured you're probably overthinking how to organise your life. Does it sound too simple? I get it. I used to be an overthinker myself. But hear me out, and I'll promise you that you'll be ready to make some small changes. I guarantee you'll be surprised by the results. We have a lot to get through, so grab whatever you use to write success notes, and let's get started. And we're going to start looking at optimising your life. Have you ever felt like you've spread yourself too thin and nothing you do is up to your standards? People who take on the weight of the world or their family and business without any help or support often find themselves in this predicament. Many people will say they can't ever enjoy themselves in the moment because they're always thinking two steps ahead of where they have to be next or what has to happen tomorrow. Optimising your life is about finding the most efficient way to organise yourself so you can actually enjoy life instead of feeling like you're on the never-ending treadmill to nowhere. With systems, routines and habits in place, you can learn how to have fun again because you have faith in the plans. The first law of ecology posits that everything in the world is interconnected through the ecosphere. If you add in some quantum physics beliefs that we can source and create everything in our lives, then you can make the jump to believing that when one area in your life flows well, it impacts all other areas in your life. And even if you don't subscribe to the law of attraction or the vibration of the earth and those kind of understandings, you may nonetheless have experienced the fact that when you're doing well and when things are flowing well, when you're sort of really appreciating the good things that are happening and you have a habit of sharing wins and expressing gratitude, that actually more good things tend to come your way. Have you noticed that? Have you experienced that kind of connection? Or is it just that noticing and acknowledging what's going well actually shifts your mindset to a more positive state? And also, if everything in life is connected, you'll get much more done in your business and have more fun if you have a plan for it all. And I know planning maybe seem like a tedious and maybe a bit mechanical thing to do, but if it frees up then yourself to be more creative and innovative, then there's a place for it. It's all about balance. A close friend of mine told me that her business started ramping up with clients, searching her out after she got serious about her health goals. She was making physical changes to her body and overall health, and those actions gave an energy boost to her business. I know it's spooky weird, but awesome at the same time. And I hear a lot of stories like that. Close your eyes for just a minute and think about how your life would flow if you had systems in place along with some basic organisational strategies. No more flying around like a chicken with its head cut off. No more confusion over how to prioritise your client work. Remember, we're talking about organising all areas of your life. Don't get overwhelmed at the idea. Get excited. When you can create organization and clarity every day, you'll be poised to rock your business. So let's discuss some advantages of optimizing your life so it all flows together. So the first benefit is you'll get more done. You won't be stressing out over when you're going to get to the dishes in the sink, when you're trying to get work done for the day, because you have plans set for taking care of household chores as well as business responsibilities and not time to do this juggling act. The second benefit is everything you need to get done will get done. 
You have time set aside to care for your business, your health, your family and your home. You won't have to worry that you'll miss something because you haven't carved out time for it and you're not organising it in a way that flows. The third thing is you'll have more free time and mental space to be creative. And again, because you won't need to think about one thing while you're doing another, which actually causes stress for many people. Multitasking doesn't work. It's not productive. So schedule free time and me time in your calendar when you need to do your strategic thinking and your creative work. The fourth advantage is your mental health depends on it. I mean, really, we're living in a a time of crisis from all kinds of directions. Living life without routine, without any sort of structure for you and your family, is incredibly draining mentally and physically, and it's time consuming. Setting routines allows you to go through some motions with little thought. It's simple and clear what comes next in the routine. It doesn't take brain power. And setting a schedule allows you to assign all the important tasks a dedicated time slot so you can be confident about finishing them all within the time frame that you've set. If you're not sure how long a task might take, estimate it, track actual time spent to complete it, You can use a little tool like Toggle to do that, or Harvest, I think, is another. And then readjust your estimates based on experience, based on what actually happened. You'll get better and better at getting a good figure. More importantly, you'll see where you waste time on non-priority tasks or spend too much time on something that should be fairly straightforward. When you've got sight of this, you can create templates, work plans, checklists and other tools that save you time next time you have to do something similar. Let's stop here for a minute and take a pause. I want to reassure you that organising your life into a plan and setting out routines and schedules, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Consider this a work in progress. You may feel excited about the idea of being more self-organized, but do not try and change your entire life in one day. Instead, take a few hours, days, weeks to work through each of the main areas in your life and put some simple, actionable routines and practices into place and watch how everything flows better, faster, easier. And if a certain routine doesn't flow well, it's in your power to make some adjustments. So listen, I've got five basic principles for you that you can apply to life organization in general. Number one, find a to-do list system that works for you, whether it's just putting something in notes, whether it's putting reminders in your calendar. Do you like a bullet journal, a master paper or Google Doc or a to-do list? There's also digital, there are also digital app options like Todoist. Pick something that works for you. Try a few things out. It needs to be intuitive and it needs to be easy or else you won't stick to it. I heard about a client who does a brain dump every morning and lists every single little thing he could think of that needed doing for the day. He then assigned each item a time limit, such as two minutes to schedule a doctor's appointment, and then added these items to his daily agenda. He felt freer to conduct his work with an open, uncluttered mind simply because he'd listed out all those little details on paper. Number two is use a calendar. You'll need it. Uh, You often use a calendar, not necessarily just for reminders, but actually create events. 
And it's a really great way because I color code everything to see where my time's going and to see the balance of time across different aspects of my businesses and across my life. Number three is to remember to lean into your natural rhythms and inclinations. For example, if you prefer working in the evening, allow yourself to do it and organize your personal life around those nighttime hours. If you're not a morning person, use that time for self-care and relaxation or go for a walk. Number four is focus on achieving a better balance rather than keeping up with everything perfectly in your life. If you have to skip a day or a week or something, do it. Your aim is productivity, not perfection. I often hear the phrase, um, I'm really busy, but I feel like I'm doing 10 things badly. And that's not where you want to be. You want to do five things really well. And if you have time, get to the other five. Number five, it's an interesting one. And it's some that I one that I find really personally very challenging. Number five is drop the ball as needed. If you follow the advice here, your life will flow easier. But that doesn't mean that you'll get everything done all of the time. And it also doesn't mean that you won't drop the ball, that you won't make a mistake. I had an example where just last week I was really busy with our three-day event and I was still trying to create Uh, projects for people and write proposals and get estimates. And I got one of the formulas wrong. So I was giving someone the wrong estimate and I did it on two projects as well. And it's not something that I usually do. And it just made me realize I was multitasking. I was working across two really high priority areas and I wasn't creating the right division of labor because I was trying to do things in haste and that's where mistakes happen. So that was a real lesson for myself as well in terms of, you know, stop doing one thing to do the other thing really well and just to sense check and double check when you know that you're in that kind of high flying pillar to post kind of situation. Allow yourself the grace, though, to drop the ball or several balls if needed. You can apologize. You can admit to error. You can hold up your hand and say it's my bad. Um, And then personally, you can revisit your schedule and routines so that you make sure that you don't really put yourself in that position um, again. And if you're one of the two clients whose project that happened with, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And yeah, my bad. Um, Okay, so one of the interesting things I find to think about this is about your home, about your home environment. And what you want to do is cultivate a happy and clean home, which sounds easier said than done, right? But think about one corner of your house that tends to collect clutter. For me, that tiny piece of kitchen counter next to our fridge where all the school papers um, and things that simply don't have a place gather. We we have this pile. We have two shelves, actually. Um, well, we had two shelves when my kids were, were younger. And my husband would always put the papers on the working top and it drove me potty because for me, a cluttered desk, a cluttered working top, same thing. It it just made me feel that I wasn't organized. So we created these two shelves and like having almost like a pending tray for stuff that was coming in for school stuff, for household utilities, you know, for bank stuff. And it really, really helped. And then I just have to get my husband to stop using the working top and start using the filing tray. Um, But anyway, that's how things go with a lot of couples. (laughs) Um, 
maybe for you it's a child's messy bedroom or even your home office. Um, I'm a big believer that clutter is chaos and it most definitely affects the energy in your home and our personal physical energy. The ancient art of feng shui is based on the Chinese beliefs that arranging things in a certain way in our home frees up the energy of the home, which can lead to achieving harmony, balance, prosperity and wellness. I mean, it's very popular, right? There's got to be something in it. So in feng shui, clutter blocks that positive energy, which can negatively affect you and those you live with. I'm not saying you should go and become a feng shui expert and read all the books, blah, blah, blah. But just that principle of, you know, clutter is chaos is enough to help you think about how you can organize your physical space. So let's clear out those energy blocks by creating a cleaning routine or a tidying routine. We all know how distracting a messy desk or a home office can be and how it feels and how impossible it is to get anything done when there are dirty dishes in the sink and your eyes kind of going there. Now try the following tips to eliminate the distractions during the day. One, designate a deep clean day, right? This is a day where you'll want to keep up with smaller tasks during the week, but instead of trying to clean everything every day, try choosing a deep clean day each week. And you can choose to deep clean your whole place or deep clean just one room and rotate it each week. And how deep you go with your deep clean, that's entirely up to you. It depends on what, where you're starting from and how big your family is and how much thoroughfare there is through the through the house, etc. Number two, develop a daily cleaning routine. So is there one area of your life that tends to collect clutter or drive you crazy when you see it? Devote 15 minutes a day to keeping that one or a few spaces clean and tidy. As a small business owner, this might also be your desk or hotspot around your home that tends to always collect clutter. It's a great area of self-organization to implement tiny habits, as described by James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits. Link several small habits together so you're not even thinking about them. They just flow together naturally. Take a moment and think about what those might be. In your home office, think about how you feel walking in and seeing a clean desk. A neat office means it feels nice and cosy and you'll want to actually spend more time in there. It's definitely worth the 15 minutes a day. Clear the papers, spend some time shredding, empty the garbage and avoid your office becoming the throw-all room for clothing donations and anything else that's not business related. Another distraction for many people is in the kitchen, specifically having messy sinks and stuff lying around. Fly Lady suggests keeping your sinks clean and disinfected at a bare minimum every single day. This includes keeping dishes out of the sink. If a messy sink is your downfall, decide how often you'll do dishes. Can you create a dishes routine so they don't ruin your life and productivity? Can you get the kids maybe to sort that out? Try loading the dishwasher every night to declutter that sink and unloading it every morning as part of a morning routine. Or if you don't have a dishwasher, just make sure that it's something you tag on to the end of the day so you don't come down to it in the morning. And make use of that pots and pans setting on your dishwasher if you have one. Load that up top rack for a quicker clean up. Tackle your never-ending piles of laundry is number three. Do you live out of laundry baskets and or feel like you're never caught up? 
between everyday clothes, workout clothes, kids' sports uniforms, darks, lights, in-betweens, this chore can seem never-ending. Couple this with kids, if you have them, who don't know how to place their dirty clothes in the hamper yet. And so you have another source of clutter. You have clothes to pick up. Maybe your husband or partner is a little bit messy in that respect as well. Or maybe it's you who's the culprit. So I don't want to get too deep into this, but choose a laundry day or choose to do a load every morning, whatever is going to work for you. And, you know, do the hardest load first. So like this includes dry cleaning. If you need to take stuff to the dry cleaners, put it in your events, put it in your calendar and enlist your family for help. You know, why is it always down to you, especially if you're a woman? It sometimes feels that that's part of your job, but you're also running a business, right? So enlist some help. In fact, it's fun. You can make a game out of teaching little kids how to sort whites, colours and towels. Older kids can maybe help fold and put away their laundry and teens can handle their own laundry, surely. They need to be able to learn how to be independent. Okay, so enough on that, right? Um, It's not me telling you how you should run your household. So what I do say, though, for number four is try feng shui. It's really a very interesting area. I mentioned earlier in relation to clutter, but the practice of feng shui includes so much more. Based on the ancient teachings of qi, which means energy, and how it travels through our homes and in our bodies, feng shui experts teach how to arrange the furniture in your home for optimum energy. You can go even further and learn how to arrange each individual room to produce optimal results. I'm just about to move home, so I have definitely got a Feng Shui book um, coming soon to help me think about placement of of furniture um, in relation to doors and windows. That's a really big thing because that lightness into the home and how the energy moves around is actually something that I believe in and I feel I haven't given it enough attention in past homes that I've had. So this is the time for me to revisit that. You'll find a lot of beginner's books from the library or on Amazon, and you can map out each room or look at beginner feng shui videos for free on YouTube. And if you don't have the desire to dive deep into feng shui, simply go find ways to open up your living spaces by rearranging furniture, eliminating things that aren't necessary, just thinking about it in blockage sort of terms. Make a list of anything in your home that literally trips you up or you feel is just stuffed full and actually just looks really solid. Bookshelves come to mind and cupboards and desks and floor space. All of these adjustments can free up either mental, physical or energetic space. For example, a broken back door that makes it hard to let the dogs in and out or the office chair that causes back pain, etc. Prioritise taking care of these little energetic sucks. Chances are you've worried about these fixes much longer than it will take to actually get them fixed. These are just a few examples of things that can cause clutter and chaos and bring your energy down. And if these aren't your problem areas, then look to see areas that do cause you stress and chaos. And don't overthink the plans you make to tackle those areas of your self-organisation. Overthinking can either lead you into analysis paralysis or will make a plan much more complicated than it needs to be. And you'll procrastinate. How can you resolve your problem spots in as few steps as possible? Okay, so that was all about 
decluttering and getting clean and tidy in your home life. Let's move on to meal prep and plan for more productivity and pleasure. How many times have you reached the end of your workday only to be faced with the annoying question of like, what am I going to have for dinner? I admit I'm guilty of doing this countless times, which is really interesting because it's not like we don't prepare dinner every single day of the week. This is just a prime example of not having a plan. During the pandemic, when we weren't going out to the shops very often, meal planning was super important and it's something that I've always done. Meal planning and grocery shopping is a real common example of what sucks time for all people. Thinking about all of that that's involved, meal planning, prepping, cooking and shopping, it's enough to make you grab the takeout menu and place an order, right? As a small business owner, if you don't have a meal plan, even if you live on your own, you're just adding stress onto an already busy day. How can you make this part easier on yourself? Well, here's some ideas for this area of self-organization. Number one, meal plan on Sundays. It sounds simple and skippable, but mapping out your meals for each day can really help in a few ways. First, it eliminates decision fatigue. Second, it ensures you buy only what you need and actually eat it. I hate food waste, so that's a really big driver for me. Number three, it saves time and money as a result. Just imagine how much easier life will be when you can just take out what you need from the freezer for tomorrow's dinner before you go to bed, all because you created a meal plan. We particularly do this around our busy events so that I haven't got to be thinking about cooking while I'm on some really long days. Other ideas include eating the same breakfast every day, eating the previous night's leftovers for lunch the following day. Very popular in a lot of cultures. That's just normal for them. Maybe you want to designate each day of the week a particular night. In our family, we always had Friday family film night and we didn't cook a meal. We had a French baguette. We had things that we put in the oven And it became a really big routine and something that we all enjoyed. The biggest challenge was picking the film, right? (laughs) But sometimes people have like Pizza Friday or Meatless Monday or Pasta Tuesday in the same way that people have Sunday Roast, suddenly in the UK. Now, use the excuse, I forgot to do it, is just an avoidance technique. If necessary, schedule this task on your calendar or set a reminder on your phone. Do you already plan for your business for this week? Add this bit onto the routine that you already do and schedule your meals into your calendar or to-do list, just like you would any other task. The second tip here is choose a day to grocery shop and meal prep. If you dread grocery shopping, maybe get deliveries, but you've still got to go online and you've still got to you know, fill your basket, even if you use favourites, etc. It certainly saves time. You are still kind of having to schedule in that grocery shop, even if you're not going out to the shops. But if you go out to the shops, you know, use one of those scanner things because that also saves time because you can scan as you go and you put your items in the basket. I found that absolutely a game changer in terms of how much time I spend queuing at the checkout, etc. Once the shopping's done, 
instead of just putting everything away, take the time to wash and chop your produce. Not only does this eliminate the opaque plastic produce bags in your fridge, but it saves you time having to wash and chop as you're preparing a meal. This type of prep also makes grabbing a healthy snack really easy. How often do you go to grab an apple and you think, oh, I can't bother to wash it? Prepping meats in advance is up to your personal preference. Some people like to cook their meats in advance and then assemble the entire meal in individual serving size containers for the week and other people prefer to cook it on the same day as you eat it. Just make sure that you're like keeping to health and safety in whatever you do. But whatever you do in advance is still going to be a time saver on those busy nights after work when you just have little energy to think about ideas for meals and actual cooking time. Another superior time saver is signing up for a meal subscription service. Now, I've not personally used these, but people that have done, either they have a box arrived with all the ingredients and a recipe, or they actually have like almost like meals on wheels. Um, And it's just a backup option for super busy weeks, and it avoids you going out for the sort of unhealthy takeout options. These companies do all the planning for you. They break it down to measuring out your ingredients, especially good if you're looking at um, managing your weight or if you have certain things that you can't eat, you can include them in your list. In general, you choose the recipes that you want for the week and place the order and then the ingredients and recipe cards arrive in your home on the chosen delivery date. All you have to do is prepare the meal. So all of that thinking is taken away from you, but you can do that thinking in one spot, right? So it it just is that people tell me it's amazing. I mean, I I do that, but I still like put my own stuff together, but it's something to try. I can't believe how many of these initiatives are out there now that we either are using them and just, you know, taking them for granted, or we actually don't know about them. Number three here is create a rotating family favourites meal plan. Um, we mentioned a little bit about that earlier, like Friday nights for us. It was it was great. I mean, I didn't have to cook. Everyone enjoyed it. And we all sat and watched a film together. I mean, we usually spent a lot of time talking about our days and sort of thinking about what sort of film do we want to watch. So it was a real family occasion, just simply because we chose not to cook um, a meal together that night. Meal planning can be a real drag if you're not a savvy cook or you have picky eaters in your family. Take a family poll on any meals that you prepare and ask if it's something worth keeping in your rotation. And we we did this in the pandemic where I said, you know, I don't want to just keep cooking the same things. What else shall I do? And we just had a bit of a brainstorming on what we could come up with. And it was great. It was real fun as well. So once you've got maybe a list of 20 or 30 recipes, keep them in a Pinterest board or a physical binder. I have a white book of mama's recipes. And just keep it handy in the kitchen. You can mix and match these recipes into a new meal plan every week. And I know some people who reuse these exact meal plans once a month. You already know your family like the meals and enjoy eating that meal And it's 30 days apart, so no one should feel like you're kind of getting the same thing over and over or like repeating yourself too frequently. And when the spirit strikes, continue adding in new recipes and maybe you'll end up with a 60-day rotation and then a 90-day rotation. The fourth one is to utilise casserole soups and slow cookers. This has, again, been a game changer for me. 
I've always cooked in a one pan and either on the stove or in the oven. And these are the type of meals where you throw everything into one pot and in a few hours you've got a healthy meal. Once all your produce is washed and cut, take one recipe at a time to create these one pan, one pot wonders. I just pack mine full of veggies and it's absolutely delicious. And I can either eat it as soup or we can have it as more of a stew. Most casseroles can be prepped and then frozen and defrosted at the time where you're ready to reheat it or bake it. Okay, so I recognize that this is not a topic that's very business related and maybe not what you're used to from me, but it's nice to kind of share some of these things that have kept me sane over the years. People always ask me, how do you get so much stuff done? And this is a lot of what's behind um, high productivity and self-organization. But let me move now into something more around routines. I want to talk about refueling your spirit with regular routines, which may seem like they don't, those two things don't go together. But I want to ask you, do you jump out of bed in the morning ready to face the day with a smile on your face? Not everybody does. And I'm certainly not a morning person. So if you're like me, you probably tend to hit the snooze button and then rush around like crazy and or end up being late. And I hate being late. So I'm kind of creating a lot of stress when that happens. So then I start setting the snooze button earlier so I can have a little bit of a lion, make a cup of tea, take it back to bed, you know, actually getting up an hour earlier than I normally would. So I'm not rushing and I'm not kind of sliding into my first task of the day. Every day that you wake up feeling good is a good day. So let's remember that first. But let's also think about how you feel about waking up and your immediate attitude about the day. Many people who wake up excited and happy fill their lives with gratitude and joyful activities. It's not most of us or it doesn't come naturally to us. And maybe you can use a gratitude journal or just simply list in your mind five things that you're grateful for at the start and the end of every day. Just something as simple as that can actually really shift you into more of a positive mental state. And when you keep doing it, even if it's once a week or once a day or twice a day, it starts to become a habit. An area that's really important and emphasized by anyone looking at personal health is getting enough sleep. In general, it's vitally important to our health, especially for small business owners who can fall into the trap of burning the candle at both ends. And they continue to work late into the night after their family falls asleep. Hitting the snooze button might be a physical response to not getting enough sleep, or it might be a procrastination response about not wanting to face something difficult on your schedule. When you're run down and tired, everything feels like you're walking up a very steep hill. When you don't give your brain and body time to relax, waking up stressed about the day or just exhausted day after day, waking up hours before your alarm can suddenly happen as well. It can be signals that you're overworking yourself to the point of exhaustion. And even when you have like an insomnia period, you still can't sleep. That's a real danger sign. And I have had that in the past and during periods of peak activity. And it's no fun at all, I can tell you. And it's something that I've had to address. So let's discuss some practicalities, a few routines that you can start to implement fairly easily throughout your day. Start small and add on as necessary. 
So number one is about morning routines. You've probably heard of or implemented some type of morning routine as a business owner. If you don't have one yet, now's the time to start. A solid morning routine will help you start your day feeling energized, positive and organized. We touched on this earlier in terms of if you're not a morning person, build in some time for that self-care, for that me time if you can, so you're not feeling rushed. The second is exercise. Doctors have touted the benefits of daily exercise for years, and yet it's all too easy to find excuses for not doing it. Everyone needs to move, so it's time to create an easy-to-follow exercise routine that you'll actually stick to, even if it's 10 minutes a day, and then you increase it to 20 minutes or two times 10 minutes at different ends of the day. And certainly make sure that you're moving around and not sitting at your desk all day. And it might be even doing cardio on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday, going to the gym and doing some kind of leisurely walk or dancing, whatever really is something that you enjoy that you'll stick to. You can use a tracking app where you can log any type of activity, walking, running, biking, count time or steps or calories. It can be very motivating and rewarding to see consistency and maybe the odd personal best day. And since you're only competing against yourself, even those who are not in optimal physical health can participate at their own pace. Pre-planning your workouts by purchasing classes or passes in advance can also help with your motivation because now you've got skin in the game, right? So you purchase a membership as well. Sometimes your motivation wanes after a while, but because you've paid money for it, you make yourself use it. No one likes wasting money, so you're more likely to go to the gym if you prepay. When you're planning your week, go ahead and schedule yourself for whatever it is that you like to do, whether it's yoga or a boot camp or a walk, whatever it is. And even if you don't go to an actual gym, you can still schedule a do-it-yourself. There's so much stuff on YouTube now that you can just watch in your own home on your TV. And then set it again for the week, like a regular appointment, an event in your calendar. So you don't have to think about it and others can't book into your calendar at that time. As I mentioned in the last episode, during the month of August, I dog sit for the most adorable little terrier lab cross called Buttons. And when I start, it can feel stressful to hit the ground running, taking him out for walks twice a day or spending time playing with him because I haven't carved out time in my schedule. August is actually one of my more relaxing months, so it works out pretty well. But even so, I've got to get into a new routine when I'm doing that. And then when I leave, it all suddenly stops again and I've got to get back into my old routine. But what I find interesting is where I find the time to take a couple of hours out of my day for this, when normally it's like I'm super busy all day. So even when one of those weeks is a run of two almost back-to-back mastermind events, I still find the time because that time out does me so much good that I'm more productive when I do sit down to work. It's counterintuitive universal truths. Taking time out for the right things gives you back that time in productivity and focus gains. The third area is self-care routines. Self-care routines can be anything that you do to take care of yourself on a mental, physical, or even spiritual and emotional level. And so often we think of self-care routines as beauty routines, but self-care actually encompasses so much more than just beauty. It can just be a switch in the way that you're using your brain. 
anyway, explore these activities that maybe maybe some of them will make you smile and maybe them you'll get excited about some of them. But here are a few self-care ideas which are wonderful on their own, or you can bundle a few together for an actual routine. I'm going to mix them up quite a bit. So there's some variation, but um, maybe something just pops out at you. So here's the list. Play with a dog or a pet. Hug someone. Do a jigsaw puzzle. Tackle a crossword. Take a bath. Go on a mini adventure. Learn a new skill. Do a DIY project. Get creative with some art supplies. Create a gratitude journal. Talk to a friend. Create a bucket list. How did you get on? Number four is while I'm going to call beauty routines, but yes, it's even for guys, set aside one day or a particular day each week to take care of your appearance. It can really boost your self-esteem and just leaves you feeling nice when you spoil yourself for a little while and have some me time. I tend to take care of this on a Friday morning to set myself up for the weekend, even if I intend to work some of the time or stay at home on my own. You might choose self-care Sunday and include painting your nails or trimming your hair or beard or tweezing eyebrows, whatever, that just makes you feel that you're you're taking care of yourself and that you're in control of your personal hygiene, etc., etc. So if you're an early riser, maybe you leave Monday morning free for, for this kind of thing. Uh, or maybe once a month, you create a couple of hours or a half day as your special time. Get your hair done, have a bath, go to the barbers, book a manicure, pedicure, a massage, go buy a new outfit. It doesn't have to cost money or time to drive if you DIY it. So add a beauty or meditation routine to your evening wrap up, such as cleansing, exfoliating, or listening to a meditation on audio or on a YouTube. I used to do this a lot. I admit I've fallen off the wagon on that lately, but then I shifted what was important to me too. And so I changed my special time. Now I go for a longer than a usual walk or if it's raining, I'll do a puzzle or read a book. I read a lot of business books and do a lot of courses to keep my finger on the pulse, but I rarely read novels these days. So when I do, that feels a lot like a mini vacation to me. Self-care routines, whether it's physical, spiritual or mental self-care, makes it easier to know when things are going to get done. Routines also give you extra brain power to focus on your creative work in the business. Enlist subscription options at your favourite stores or your regular products. Make sure they're all auto-ship so you don't run short. That small little thing can save you time and stress with a list of, oh, I mustn't forget to, tasks going on in your head. Number five is your evening routine. Just as a morning routine can get you ready for the day, an evening routine will calm your brain and your body, getting you ready for a good night's sleep. Even though we don't hear as much about evening routines, they can be just as helpful, particularly if you're a night owl like me. To decide what to include in your evening routine, just go through the same process as you do for your morning routine. What needs to be done each night? What would you love to make time for each night? Get creative, but choose things that's going to truly give you a sense of calm and tranquility and prepare for the next day. Give your brain a rest. A great idea for an evening routine that benefits everyone, but especially business owners, is a daily brain dump. Write everything down that you're thinking about. I actually keep a constant list of things in my notes because it gets it out of my brain through the day 
onto my notes and then I've always got it there. Sometimes you have a great idea and then the next morning you just can't remember it. You don't want to be up at night thinking about things that need to be done and hoping you remember them in the morning. This is a biggie for me personally, as I, if I don't do that, I can lay awake with a ton of random stuff popping up that stops me falling into a blissful sleep. And if you're prone to waking up in the middle of the night, inspired thoughts or to-dos that pop into your head, then keep a note on your nightstand or capture them into your phone. It makes you worry less about that great idea slipping from mind. So that's what I've got for you today. I hope it's useful, a little bit longer. I think we'll go short next time and finish up with part three, setting boundaries. We're going to be thinking about how to build a less stressful business day by setting clear boundaries for your work whilst at home. And remember, I'm going to be sharing at the end of next episode the checklist that I promised you, a work from home self-organisation checklist that you can use to build out your plan and start with a few things, add a few more as you see it gathering strength. I'll see you there. Ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.